panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three cr.org.au and three CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally on a Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. And three CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the original inhabitants and we pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. And we also acknowledge our queer original inhabitants, including sister girls and brother boys, and acknowledge their unique contributions to diversity on and around the lands. And um, there's lots of ways to get in touch with the program. Um, you can um, email out of the pan 855, digits 855 at gmail.com, SMS 61456 751215. Um, you can tweet at Sal Gold Said So, and that's the bottom line. Or you can look for the post on Facebook um, on Out of the Pan, 3CR 855 AM Melbourne, or my page, Sally Goldner. Maybe just a teensy-weensy bit slow to respond today, though. Sometimes technology may not work. Well, I've um, got a couple of special presentations for you today as we head into the second half of the year. The first half of the year um, for the Rainbow Communities in Australia, we had um, some wonderful things happen after a couple of years of hell. And a couple of them were conferences. Now, um, you know, sort of I could have dug out um, the classic uh, Ray Stevens track, The Shriners Convention. No, that's not that sort of conference, although some things may have happened in that. I'm not sure if someone had a motorcycle up there on the high diving board. Um, there wasn't at the venue we had anyway, so that's all right. But seriously, there were lots of good presentations at um, the second conference this year that I've been to. Um, that it was um, focused on rainbow issues. Health indifference, nothing like a good pun to get it started as well. And a really good start, mentioned this um, a few months back on the show after the conference. You know, as I said at the time, so often you go to conferences and it's that um, big name who does the 45-minute plenary speech and sort of after about 25 minutes you're looking at crazy cats on your phone. Not this time. There was a fantastic range of 10 by 10 minute TED Talks, um, or TED, TED style talks, just so no one accuses anyone of copyright or anything like that, which I thought was a fantastic way to set the pace and bring in variety and diversity for the conference as the themes. And um, there were great speakers, um, long-time friend and colleague, Brenda Appleton, chair of the Victorian Government Task Force, um, amongst one was one, um, Janet Rice, another, people, um, Daryl O'Donnell talking about the history of HIV in Australia, just to name a few. But I dug out um, a couple of the speeches today just to give a different flavour. Um, one is the first will be f- um, short, um, soon, sorry, we'll have Bonnie Hart talking intersex, 
But opening up today with that fabulous binary buster of the West, no, not the not the country and Western, wouldn't put, inflict anyone on that, um, the fabulous Misty Farquhar, bin, non-binary person from the West, was one of those 10 speakers and decided today um, can have a listen to their fabulous um, speech um, to get us rolling on Out of the Pan. So let's hit the speech. Thank you for that squeal, more of that things. <laughs> um, hi everyone, my name is Misty and among other things, I am queer. Uh, more specifically, I am an Anglo-Indian, bisexual, non-binary person. All of those things are incredibly important to my sense of self. Um, but my experience of coming to understand each of them has been very different. You see, growing up in an Anglo-Indian family, I was surrounded by people who identified that way. So I always knew how to be. I was 12 years old when I first realised I wasn't exactly straight. I didn't know anyone else who felt the same way as me. And so it was not until I was 18 years old that I had the language to describe my sexuality. Hmm. It was much later when I questioned my gender for the first time I was actually at an alliance meeting where I was asked for my preferred pronouns. I said she, her, hers, because that's just what I was always told to say. But when I went home, I couldn't stop thinking about the they, them people. That just made so much more sense for me. I have spent a lot of my time since then defending bisexuality and non-binary genders as real and valid and being as visible as I possibly can for other people in similar situations to me. Visibility is incredibly important. It's what my PhD research is about, and I'll talk more about that in detail tomorrow, but today I wanted to include some snippets of the stories that I've been collecting from bisexual and non-binary people to add to the visibility. H says, Visibility is important to me because I spent too long not knowing whether I was allowed to be myself and stand up in my identity. Everything gets easier when you can see other people standing proudly in theirs. You're probably all very familiar with the gender unicorn, uh, so I won't go into detail explaining it. If you're not familiar with it, you likely will be by the end of the conference. <laughs> The reason I put it up is because I want to just reiterate that sexuality and gender are not binary. Bisexuality is an attraction to more than one gender, and there are lots of different labels that people use within that. Non-binary gender is not identifying as a man or a woman, some or all of the time, and there are lots of labels that people use within that as well. Loads of real people identify this way. It's not new. So why is it still questioned? S says, I feel like my identity is erased unless I scream it and undoubtedly even when I do. It's not a stage, it's not for attention, it's me. Unfortunately, none of the stuff that I've been on about at the time is new. You'll see here a snippet from the 1992 National Bisexual Conference that was held in Perth. These resolutions, which I don't expect you to read by the way, um, these resolutions talk about themes of visibility, mental health and inclusion, particularly in the LGBTI community. In 1996, 
at the first Health Indifference Conference, these themes were reiterated by a bisexual speaker. This year, at a gathering of bisexuals in Melbourne um, from across the country, we spoke about, about the exact same things. We spoke about visibility, we spoke about mental health, and we spoke about the lack of inclusion in the LGBTI community. And that's more than 20 years later. LGBTI organisations and services need to do better at acknowledging all of the unique needs of everyone within that acronym. Dee says, when people chant, we're here, we're queer, the word shouldn't be a synonym for gay and lesbian. We are all part of the community, and we should feel part of the community too. I, I wanted to say before talking about this slide that there are lots and lots of really awesome things about being bisexual and non-binary. Uh, but one of the things that concerns me is the state of our mental health. You'll see here that psychological distress for trans and bisexual people are much higher than that of people who are straight or gay and lesbian. And there's lots of crossover between these two communities as well. Yeah. In spite of this, there seems to be not enough awareness of the issue and hardly any targeted responses to it. The responses that do exist are usually led by the community for the community with very little support in any other way. But visibility is so important to mental health. A says, just having come out and having started hormones, the whole process has been a freedom from these invisible constraints I didn't really know existed. But now I can just do whatever the fuck I want and so much anxiety is gone. So what are some of the things that you can do to support bisexual and non-binary people? The most important thing is to get out of your comfort zone. Rethink any binary assumptions that you have around sexuality and gender. Some, something as small and simple that you can do is to be mindful of your language. When a person tells you their pronouns, just try and use them. And remember that when you say gay and lesbian, that doesn't include everyone. When you say men and women, ladies and gentlemen, that doesn't include everyone. Talk to bisexual and non-binary people. Try and understand their experiences and their unique needs. And also make sure that they're represented in any LGBTI initiatives. Support local bisexual and non-binary groups. There are lots of them across the country. I've been finding all of them as part of my research. Uh, and they're usually read by, led sorry, by passionate people who are part of the community without much support at all. So they would appreciate any support that you can give them. These are just a few of the small things that you can do to support us because we're not going anywhere. We're real, we're visible, and we're here. Thank you. and Misty is totally open to everyone approaching them over the next couple of days. They said they wanted to have lots and lots of conversations, so please do. As Misty does. Um, of course, Misty has been on this show from the West. Have to get them um, when they're 
over this side of this side of the big brown land back in for next time um so doing great work over in the west um also um, as a researcher and also part of a great group in the West, Transfolk of WA, um, along with Nick and many others, um, some of whom were here at the earlier conference this year in Melbourne, the um, Better Together Conference, great um, networking, I think, perhaps for listeners who are come, perhaps finding this program from overseas, particularly, say, um, continental Europe in particular, what, what used to be called Western Europe when I was a little person. Um, maybe the US, you know, the population density in this country, we're all sort of, a lot of us are stacked on the southeastern corner and maybe the east. And we forget sometimes that it's a very big, broad brown land and it's, thank heavens for this thing called internet. We network. So it's always great to have, um, might seem strange to some people and, you know, airline flights are not cheap either um, and all that sort of stuff. So it's great when we have um, trans and gender diverse and bi people from around the country get together as we did there. All right, um, let's have some more music. We opened up today um, with It's Early Days Yet. Well, it was early in the show when we played that Hunters and Collectors track originally from The Jaws of Life, um, and which was sort of released and then re-released a bit in the early 80s, um, 1982 and then 4. Um, but the other thing today, today is July the 1st, which amongst many things um, is, well, it's the first day of the new financial year. All those accountants who were out last night, um, you know, a bit, bit raucous. They put their ties down two centimetres, and that was only the girls. Boom, tish. Um, anyway, um, you know, but I hope they've got that over their hangovers. So, yes, new financial year, um, new tax year here in Australia. But, um, of course, on the other side of the world, we mentioned all around the world, it is Canadian National Day today, July the 1st. Um, so hello to anyone listening in Canada. Um, I was there many moons ago in 1994 and enjoyed your hospitality. So I thought I'd play a couple of Canadian tracks today as part of the whole show. And to open up, um, here's one from Canadian band Prairie Oyster, um, a band I got there um, recording when I was there in the, in the mid nineties, and don't cry, little baby. Three uh, CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three CR dot org, and three CR three um, CR dot org dot au au, and three CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally. This is Matt from Burning Vinyl, Friday afternoons between 2 and 4, here on 3CR, to let you know about a benefit for Burning Vinyl. It takes place on Tuesday the 26th of June at the Old Bar on Johnson Street in Fitzroy. Four great bands, Claws and Organs, Bodies, Noughts and Claire Virtual. Know that you're supporting a semi-decent radio program. Burning Vinyl, four great bands at the Old Bar, Tuesday, the 26th of June. Seeking Redemption with Fuddy Jr. and Mumbles on FreeCR Community Radio on Monday afternoons at 1 o'clock just because you've hit rock bottom and may have done a bad thing or two doesn't mean you can't turn it around. Seeking redemption. 8.55 on your AM dial.
3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand if you're listening um, during the week after the program for the latter way to listen. Out of the Pan, first broadcasting on a Sunday afternoon with Sally. Thanks for your company. Prior to the messages, we heard from Prairie Oyster. And don't cry, little angel. Be a happy angel or something like that. Um, great Canadian band featuring a couple of Australian members from memory. See, um, the jolly old British Empire lives on or something like that anyway. Um, so, yeah, um, great to hear from Misty um, in the first segment at Health Indifference. Lots of practical tips, you know, and use inclusive language and all that sort of thing. Um, very, very important um, is, you know, you know, check in on pronouns. If, like I always say if you, um, it's probably a good tip to remember. If you're honestly not sure, don't take a wild guess. Ask. But sometimes, and I'm the first to admit it happens to me, gender programming can run deep and you see someone who looks a certain way and go with um, she or he. And and if someone corrects you in any way, and perhaps even a little more so as, you know, we moved um, moved to non-binary and they say they, you just say, okay, sorry about that. I've got it now. And that's all that needs to happen. So long as you do have it now and let's say get it right at least 99% of the time, so long as you're genuinely making an effort, that's all we ask. It's not too much, is it? There you go. So yeah, great great commentary from Misty. They are just an amazing um, leader right here and now. Well, um, there were lots of great talks. um, And well, sometimes, you know, we... um, um, in our communities, we say LGBTI or LGBTIQ, and I have to say, as an educator, the, um, at the start, when we as quickly as we can try to define all this and get people on the same page, um, people go, "I, what's that? Never heard of that." Now, it is true that in a lot of countries, "I" is not part of the acronym, and of course, that is the wishes of the relevant community, and that's perfectly fair um, because um, it's up to the community in question. Um, to in the in the area in question to if they want to be part of the the rainbow in that space and some do and some don't, um, but to find out a little bit more about people with intersex variations, it was great to have Bonnie Hart um, give a presentation as part of the opening talks at Health Indifference. So let's have a listen to Bonnie's um, talk, and um, let's give it a shot. Um, as we listen to Bonnie Hart speaking at Health Indifference in Sydney in April 2018. Elders past and present are standing with you in solidarity and realising that sovereignty was never seated in this land. And I um, pay homage and respect to my intersex elders past and present, some of whom are in the room today and many of whom um, are no longer here. Um, I kind of been asked to talk about my, me and my life, and that's kind of quite. I find that really difficult because a lot of the time I actually don't even know who me is or how me fits into spaces. So I, I generally, you know, like when you meet someone new and you start talking about pop, like popular culture reference points as like some way of kind of norming how you perceive this crazy mogwire of reality that we all find ourselves in. So like, I thought that I would probably, before I start to do that, 
here, I was going to kind of graft my own kind of lived experience onto a, like a more classic narrative or someone else's story, which I was going to choose the story of Dorothy. Because like, I and Dorothy in the land of Oz, because they have that amazing like yellow brick road, which fits really quite well with me, but also because you know, when I meet someone new as well and start talking about myself and my life, my life is just seems to be so interspeckled with so much trauma that when I try and talk about my life, it seems kind of really hectic and heavy all the time. And then, like, I'm trying to, you know, like, if, I don't know, like, these days now I like to think of my trauma as this wonderful garland of, like, crystal skulls that hang around me. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I also kind of trying to fit into this space as well as also I'm not really sure how to fit into it. Um, it is an it's always been an awkward fit, but it also is like kind of like home as well, like the within a diversity landscape, trying to um, to place myself in there. Um, and. Oh, that's because stories like mine aren't really represented anywhere else, you know? Like this is often the only forum we get to, to talk about stuff that happens behind closed doors or locked inside the secrets of families. Um, so, you know, if you can remember the classic Judy Garland version of The Wizard of Oz, she, you know, the story starts that something pretty hectic is going to happen. Someone's going to kill her dog because her dog is being rad in the garden and they can dig it. So she runs away to join the circus, pretty much, except there's this charlatan magician dude who pops up later on with the different guys. But he basically hoodwinks her and gives her, like, kind of the wrong information so that she does what she kind of wants to do. So she kind of gives her fake promises, but then you know, tells her to go home. By the time she gets home, there's this like kind of full cataclysm of natural disaster going on and no one's around, she's totally on her own. And then she disassociates through this like process of, you know, surgical malaise where things get sliced up and farms get repositioned around and get repositioned to this new zone, which is like nowhere that she's been before. So that is a journey that starts and like that progression onwards and upwards, downwards or roundwards or in a circle, is a really lonely one. She's there on her own. She has a dog. Dorothy has a dog. Some of us have other family members and some of us don't. But really what the major thing about that pathway and those moving forward is, you know, Dorothy also makes friends and she she builds the numbers of herself as she walks along and as they walk together along this yellow brick road to ask this kind of dude down the way to fulfill the things, like they, they naturally develop like wisdom. They, they, gain, they gain heart with one another in their adventures and, and they, they, they pluck up the courage to speak to the source of who they think can help them get back to their sense of home. So, in each of these ways, all of the people that we pick up along the way have really diverse needs. They have really diverse bodies. We're made of different stuff, those people. But we all have that one central desire to want to feel 
at home in our own bodies or we want to feel okay in this space. And a journey along this golden pathway, you know, for me personally, um, to end up being in this space where I actually don't really want to be here. <laughs> I don't really want to actually be here talking about this stuff. I would much rather be doing something else. Um, it's kind of not really that enjoyable. It's pretty freaky, but I should kind of try it sometime. <laughs> and there's a lot of other stuff that I would much rather be doing. But the truth is, is that this journey of this pathway of actually speaking about these unspeakable, unmentionable things that happened to me as a child in my family that none of my family spoke about and none of us had any language about, that continued to cause trauma well into my adult years and all throughout my relationships because I didn't know how to talk about my body and I didn't know how to explain scars and I didn't, you know, enjoy myself and I made decisions that weren't based upon the reality of what I probably would have lived like if I actually had greater autonomy over my body and got to make better decisions about what my body could do and how I could own it more, or I was co-opted or colonised by another sense of what bodies should look like and how they should operate and how they should perform. Yeah, like, I don't know. So that journey of talking about this along that yellow brick road was, you know, I don't know, I just noticed my whole sense of self-acceptance start to grow and grow bigger and bigger. The more I got to talk about and frame things. So I really didn't even realise the language that I used to talk about my body or the medicalised sense of like um, disorder and abnormality. All these words that I promised I would never say in this context, but now I say them. <laughs> because, you know, they are. They're one of those garlands around my neck and they're ways that I still think on some level about who I am and what I am in this space. So the more I develop better language, the more I kind of like re-own my body, how to think about it, how to speak about it, the better I feel, the more I can talk about it and, you know, the more I can forgive, really. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a process of wisdom, forgiveness and heart. Um, and, you know, I, I can move towards having that space of autonomy that I didn't have as a child, where I can offer forgiveness to myself, and to my parents, and to that crazy system that thought that I was an, abor an aberration that needed to be fixed before I'd even found myself in my own body. So, that process of journeying along the road with the Tin Man and, and you know, the scarecrow and the lion and the little girl, the, red shoes and the dog, you know, kind of also models the way that I feel about peers. You know, I've learned more from my intersex peers about my body than I've ever learned from any doctor. What a good, exciting moment to pause. Um, Bonnie Hart talking at um, Health Indifference um, about the journey of intersex um, from, their, from a personal perspective. And in the meantime... As part of July the 1st and Day of Canadian Music, here's another Canadian song. Well, this will be, this will be the second one. Um, and, of course, we're talking this program, which is known to play music of, well, I suppose it's a bit binary, country and western. And we're talking Canada. And we're talking Rainbow. You know who I'm going to play next. Um, and there's no detouring around it. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally. 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. 
Out of the Pan with Sally on a Sunday afternoon for the first broadcast. Thanks for your company. And we just heard from KD Lang. If we're playing a couple of Canadian tracks, a bit hard to go by um, KD. Or I don't know how. Still pretty sure they're female, so we'll go with Ms. Um, from the Angel with a Lariat album, the second album from 1987. High time for a detour. Well, we detoured around and about on this the musical um, song player. Now we're coming back after a, de- a small detour with KD to the second half of Bonnie Hart's um, fabulous address at um, um, the Health Indifference Conference in Sydney in um, April 2018. Let's head back and have a listen to Bonnie. Um, I've learned more about how to live my life and I've learned more about what is important um, from them than I have from any clinician that has ever given me any information. Um, and we know that that this is evidenced in treatment protocols, that peer support is a really wonderful predictor for positive outcomes within an intersex in like surgical or treatment environment, but yet we still, in the last 10 years, as the um, president of an, one of Australia's peer-led intersex support organisations, still have not received a single referral from any hospital in Australia, for any parent or child to our organisation. Even though we were established out of the Melbourne Children's Hospital 32 years ago, 32 years ago, so there is a massive disconnect in terms of what is said and done in one space and how that follows through. And um, it's, it's difficult. It's a really difficult space to be in, in terms of how to move forward, how to continue laying that yellow brick road. Because let's be honest, we're all not all lucky like Dorothy with these sparkling red shoes to actually land on the yellow brick road. You know, the reality is, is that we're all, like, some people live in regional and remote areas, you know, and they just don't get anywhere near that yellow brick road. They're isolated geographically or they use language that doesn't include intersex, so they don't even have access to that way of even in framing that, that, that avenue of support or this space. Or maybe they have, like, misconceptions that intersex is like a third sex or an othering of the sexes, or it's a third gender, even. Or that, like, it's kind of kind of is like a supplementary identity that you should have to negate your maleness or your femaleness to all of a sudden acknowledge that your body is also intersex, or like it's an intersex that you can, you know, you have to, you can't be an intersex female. So it's this idea of like, you know, medically that fixed through those treatments to be unbroken males or unbroken females. We might also be like isolated from that yellow brick road through, through any through culture, through family culture or other cultures, like that um, don't have space or place for bodily diversity within them, and all of that stuff is inframed by stigma, and that's really what underlies all of those medical treatments is to protect people from the stigma that is other people projecting onto them. So the the whole process of intersex um, treatments is really about making individuals conform to society's expectations, which are unrealistic and not really based on reality of what bodies are like. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. So no no shiny shoes for Dorothy, or witchy poo psychoactive prancing, paving the yellow brick road to people's doors. 
It's actually more like the Kolkata brickworks, really, when it comes down to it. We are on the ground, we're laying bricks directly to people, and we're really, really tired. The truth is, is that actually we're exhausted, we're still really unfunded, and we're demoralised by constantly being told that we're wrong by doctors and that we're like angry and bitter and that people should go to overseas support groups rather than Australian ones because, you know, you, we're the failed experiments that spoke up. Yeah, so, in closing, <laughs> just scamming, um, <laughs> so I've got quite a bit more to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is, I'm just going to make it up. It is really all about psychoactive apples on here. Um, <laughs> no, I suppose we, we are in a really good place. Awesome time and space, really. There's more of us being able and having the opportunity to get together than has ever been possible in my lifetime. Like the, the idea that I could be here today speaking to all of you people with eyes and ears listening, wanting to hear about intersex stories is blows my mind whole, like right out of it. I had no idea that that would actually have happened. Not even three years ago. Like three years ago I came to this conference in, in, um, in Canberra and it was the first time I'd been there and I got to see one of my like kind of fangirl hero Bob Brown talk about, like do that opening. And I was like so stoked and so happy and then he just, he just completely talked about LGBTI and then conflated it with sexuality and gender. And like just completely admitted that like also LGBTI is beyond that. We're talking about bodies, we're talking about families, we're talking about intersex children. And um, I cried, like you know, I couldn't it was really I thought that I'd come to a safe space and I also just in one moment been erased from it, like my intersex status had been erased from most of my life. Um, so in that way like we're here, we, we, we've done some work with the Dharma to say you've all got it in your bags. It was a really amazing piece of work that came out of the first intersex um, activist advocacy retreat last year. We really can't, we don't have the energy or the resources to lay that yellow brick road right to your doorstep. We actually really need people to lower their drawbridges and come out with their own help and meet us halfway. Um, it's incredibly important and there are a number of intersex people here and a number of sessions and there'll be a panel later on with a variety of voices out uh, the diversity within our community and our identities and our bodies are also incredibly different that I encourage you all to try and wrap your head around the supreme radness that is intersex because it's a good place to do it, it's a good place to start the conversation with actual intersex people about what's important for us. So, in closing, there really is no place like home, unless, especially when you're not at home and you have to come away and share stuff and then take it back home, which is where I'm going to go. We won't get to hear Taz, but we've just heard um, Bonnie talk so much about intersex, and I think 
if I had a telling moment in there that there's never been a referral to an intersex group from a doctor um, or at one of the hospitals, that is a travesty. And I, I def- it helps people understand sometimes, you know, you might hear people who aren't familiar with the issue say, well, you know, can't you sit down and do work out something better with the surgeons, that sort of thing? Well, yeah, if they're not even referring, there's your answer. All right. Um, so let's um, have some more music. Um, as much as we love Canada, we'll come back to Australia to that hard rockin' gal from Melbourne. And here's Michelle Parsons. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally. Are you wondering how to pay your donation? You can pay online by going to 3cr.org.au or call us on 94198377. You can also visit us in person at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy and pay by cash, cheque or EFTPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to Post Office Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. And be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. 3CR, Radio for Change. This is David Rovix, and you are tuned to 3CR, 855 AM, Melbourne, Australia. Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do, and everything can change. It can happen. 3CR, 855 AM, digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand. Lots of ways to listen at various times to um, all the shows on 3CR, including this one, Out of the Pan, a show covering pan-sexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Prior to the messages, heard from Michelle Parsons and Look Twice from her eponymous album of many years ago. There's a big word for the day. It's a bit like... Rainbow Sesame Street, eponymous, self-titled. Um, anything can happen and can do. All right, lots of things happening um, as there are in our rainbow communities, just some of the key events in our community. Bent TV, as always, on Friday. Now, Channel 31 continuing to roll along another extension a bit longer this time, a couple of years, sensational. Gender Queer Australia, um, meeting next Saturday. Check out genderqueer.org.au for more info, and that pretty much gets us through um, this time. But there's been lots going on to on which upon which to report. Fantastic to see. Um, so yeah, it was a really good conference at Health Indifference. Um, very very powerful. Lots of great talks. A great, um, I think, another great one was having an Indigenous stream and having it in the same room for the whole two days. So it really gave a sense of place for um, Indigenous people. And I think that's um, you know something that could well be considered really for any conference, queer or otherwise. So very, very good times. Although, there, just to be fair, I did hear from people who worked in the sex industry and there was still some degree of stigma and stuff against them. Let's, you know, if we're all queer, come on, we've got to get um, past that sort of thing. That's not good enough. But um, overall, good. I do feel like we are roughly going in the right direction. We've just got to fine-tune the steering a bit here and there. Um, Anyway, um, better wrap it up for now. Make way for Freedom of Species, 
um, talking all things animale, as they do from one till two every Sunday. Take it out today um, with Vicar and Linda and a track from way back from their Two Wings album of some years ago and a track called Be Careful What You Pray For. I'm praying for diversity, inclusion and respect because um, in the words of this song, we hope we just might get it. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch ya next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.